an old-fashioned bullpen meltdown. Did you miss him? Are you feeling nostalgic for the glory days? The Tigers get a solid start from Daniel Norris and do enough to get Aaron Nola out of the game, but the offense couldn't capitalize when they needed to, and the bullpen blew it, and the Tigers fall to Philly 7-3. I'll break it all down for you, look at the minor league players of the month for April, and answer a couple of questions on today's Locked on Tigers podcast. It is Thursday, May 2nd, 2019, and I am your host, Chris Brown. And as always, I remind you to please download, rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Tigers on your favorite podcasting apps like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the podcasting app Himalaya. And if you have a smart device, go ahead and tell that to play podcast Locked on Tigers. So yeah, yesterday was the classic no-no matchup. Aaron Nola against Daniel Norris. Two of the three starters in baseball whose names begin with N-O. Just a fun fact that nobody cares about. But the game was pretty good for the first four or five innings. And it began with Nola on the mound. And first pitch of the game, Jamer Candelero hits a double the opposite way down the left field line. But then Nick Castellanos and Miguel Cabrera both strike out. Miggy on a knee-buckling curve. And then Nico Goodrum with a weak ground out. And it was a kind of a sign of things to come. The team ended up going 3-for-12 with runners in scoring position and left 11 men on base. So then uh, bottom of the first, Daniel Norris comes in. He gives up a bloop single to left center field. It stayed in the air forever. And it probably should have been caught by the shortstop, Jordy Mercer. But he bailed out. I don't know what happened. But speaking of bailed out, Norris then rolls up a double play against Gene Segura. And then Harper grounded out into the shift, and it ended up only taking 10 pitches to get out of the inning. So that was nice. Tigers go 1-2-3 in the second. Norris starts the second by getting a strikeout of Reese Hoskins, one of their best hitters on a backdoor slider. And then after that, there was a, a liner to left field that Nico Goodrum slides and looks like he catches, but it's actually a trap. They reviewed it, and it was a hit for JT Rumuto. And then Sean Rodriguez, who's feasted on left-handed pitching for his entire career, crushes a single up the middle. But it looks like Norris is going to get out of it. He gets a hard grounder to shortstop for a potential double play, but it goes right under Jordy Mercer's glove to left field. Nico Goodrum th- throws home, but it's a little bit late, and Hicks cuts it off and then throws to third to get Sean Rodriguez trying to go there. But the Phillies do score one run. It's one nothing, and then Norris gets another fly ball to center to get out of the inning. But yeah, one nothing after two. Third inning, Tigers get a two-out single from Catalera, but nothing else. And then Norris touched the third by walking the opposing pitcher, Aaron Nola. The only walk he gave up on the day, so baseball's weird. And then he gets a screaming liner off the bat of Andrew McCutcheon, one of the hardest hit balls of the game. But Candelario makes a great jumping catch and then doubles off Nola at first base. It was just an outstanding play. Then Gene Segura hits a liner to the right center field gap. Castellanos ran a long way and almost got there, but the ball went off his glove for a double. But so unfortunately that double play happened before that. But then Norris gets a fly out by Bryce Harper and it's still one nothing. Here we head to the fourth with the Tigers. They haven't done much, but Cabrera leads off with a hard ground single to the right field. Nico Goodrum flies out, and then Ronnie Rodriguez hits a hard liner up the middle off of Aaron Nola's back and into center field for a single. Nola ends up being fine, and he gets John Hicks to ground out. But then Jordy Mercer comes up, and they throw two balls to him, and they just decide to go ahead and intentionally walk him to get to Jacoby Jones. So that's the ultimate indignity, seeing Jordy Mercer get walked in front of you. And uh, it pays off. Jones strikes out. You know, the way his season's gone. Fourth inning, Norris gets a fly out, strikes out Romulto on a 92-mile-an-hour fastball right down the, the pipe. I don't know what he was looking for. And then gets Sean Rodriguez in a nice slider below the zone, probably his best pitch of the night. 51 pitches through four innings. And then Norris leads off the fifth, because it's the National League, of course, and he hits a ground out, but he is just absolutely hauling down the first baseline. I, I clocked him at under four seconds from home to first, 
which is like 70 or 80 grade speed. <laughs> he seriously might be the fastest runner on the entire team, faster than Jacoby Jones and Nico Goodrum. I'd love to see it in a race. So that was impressive. Yeah, ultimately it didn't matter. And then Ken Lario follows with a walk, but Castellano strikes out again, and, and Cabrera hits another fly ball to center field, so that's it for the inning. Fifth inning, Norris gets a 1-2-3 inning. He's cruising along, just 64 pitches, really pitching well, at least getting good results. In the sixth inning, Nico Goodrum starts off with a hard line single up the middle. It was w- one of the best at-bats of the game. Ten pitches, fouled off a couple pitches, and, and hit that hard liner. But then he gets caught stealing. And JT Realmuto is is probably the best throwing catcher in baseball, so that's not a huge surprise. But I actually thought Goodrum beat it out, and Realmuto actually bounced the ball to second base. But the ball beat Goodrum there, and it was really close, so I don't blame them for not overturning the call. But after that, Ronnie Rodriguez gets an eight-pitch walk, which is always rare for him. John Hicks with a line single on a hanging curveball to left field. Jordy Mercer strikes out, but then Jacoby Jones, a bloop RBI single to left field, good for him, ties it at one, and Nola is done for the day. So they also pull Daniel Norris because the nine, number nine spot is up, and they bring in Harold Castro, who swings at the first pitch and hits a ground out. So there you go. So, yeah, Norris ended up with a short outing because the National League is silly. Five innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts on just 64 pitches, 34 fastballs, 25 breaking balls, and six changeups. That's more breaking balls and a few more changeups than he has been throwing. Just six uh, swings and misses. It was kind of a strange outing because three of the hits he, he allowed should have been outs or were extremely close to being outs. But then a bunch of the outs he actually did get were on balls that were absolutely scorched. Seven out of 11 were hit harder than 95 miles an hour and six harder than 100 miles an hour. But he got his outs, and his ERA is now down to 3.47, so you, you take it. Buck Farmer comes in in the six, gives up a single up the middle to Andrew McCutcheon, but gets a double play from Segura and gets a fly out for Bryce Harper, only 10 pitches. Basically a replay of the first inning. Sir Anthony Dominguez is in for the Phillies in the seventh, and he gets a Candelario strikeout, but then Nick Castellanos gets a bloop single just in front of a sprinting Bryce Harper, and then a wild pitch puts Castellanos in second. Cabrera strikes out at 98 miles an hour up and away. That's a tough pitch. And then Nico Goodrum hits a bit of a Baltimore chop in the infield to, to get a single. And then Ronnie Rodriguez with a weak liner to left center field, another blooper, kind of like Jacoby Jones's hit. And suddenly it's 2-1 Tigers. And uh, Hicks grounds out. But yeah, Tigers take the lead in the seventh. But then uh, everything falls apart, unfortunately. Buck Farmer's back out there for the seventh. He strikes out Reese Hoskins. And then Real Muto has a well-placed weak grounder down the first base line. But Cabrera's playing well off the line. And it ends up as a double. And then Farmer gets ahead of Sean Rodriguez, one ball and two strikes. But then he hits Rodriguez on the hand. And, and it was kind of scary for a second. Actually, it looked like it might have popped up and hit him in the chin. But so then there's two men on. And they pull out Farmer and bring in Daniel Stump to turn around Cesar Hernandez, who promptly singles to left field on the second pitch. So that's it for Stump. Gardenhire's back out, brings in Victor Alcantara with the bases loaded. And he leaves a fastball at 92 right over the heart of the plate to Michael Franco, who strokes a three-run double into the right center field gap to put make it 4-2 Phillies. Alcantara strikes out the pinch hitter, but then a hard RBI single up the middle from Andrew McCutcheon. And then a Segura line single, and then Gardenhauer's back out there. So the fourth pitcher of the inning comes in, Drew Verhagen, in for Bryce Harper. One pitch, deep fly ball, the left field warning track, but 5-2 Phillies. The Tigers seem undeterred, though, at least for a moment, as Jordy Mercer leads off the eighth inning with a home run against Pat Neshek, his first homer of the year, 378 feet. But then Jacoby Jones strikes out. Pinch hitter Victor Reyes with a weak infield single. Surprise. But Candelero strikes out after a lengthy at-bat, and Castellanos flies out to right field. So the eighth inning... In comes Zach Reiniger, and he gives up a home run on a hanging slider almost immediately to Reese Hoskins. So that makes it 6-3, and then a few more singles later, and it's 7-3 before he ends the inning with a strikeout of McCutcheon. It wasn't a good look for Zach Reiniger, and it hasn't been in the, the majors. But uh, there you go. And in the ninth, the Tigers go 1-2-3. 
And that's it. It's a 7-3 loss. The Tigers finish their road trip 3-5 and five and head home with a 13-15 and 15 record. They have today off to enjoy, and then tomorrow they start a series against the Royals. So we'll see what happens there. I'll preview it tomorrow. Now, I haven't done a ton of minor league coverage here on Locked on Tigers, partially because we do that every week over on my other podcast, the uh, Tigers SRD with Roger Castillo. But I do want to just go ahead and kind of mirror what I did yesterday with the ti- uh, Tigers Top Players of the Month and do that with the Top Players of the Month for the four main minor league affiliates, just to keep you updated, you know, every now and then. So we'll head to AAA Toledo, where their best hitter, in my opinion, was uh, shortstop Willie Castro. Now, he's the player that they acquired from Cleveland in the Leonis Martin trade last year. And I think he's one of the Tigers' top ten prospects. Uh, you know, it, it's probably a fringe average Major League regular when all is said and done. But in his first month in Toledo this year, he hit three thirty-seven with four doubles, two triples, and a homer, two steals, and 11 walks. And it's pretty strong, particularly the walks. That was a concern of mine heading into this year. So he's, he's upped his walks. And he's on the 40-man roster, so we should see him at some point this year. So that, that's a nice start for him. The best pitcher, eesh, there's trouble in Toledo with the pitching. You know, in AAA this year, they've changed to the Major League Baseball. Before, they used a different ball, and it's it's a little bit more lively. And it's not working out great for AAA pitchers yet. So I, I picked Jose Cisnero, the closer that the Tigers randomly found this offseason. He's 30 years old, got him from out of nowhere, and he impressed in spring training. The underlying numbers are ugly. But he finishes April with a 2.92 ERA, 16 strikeouts, and three saves in 12 in a third innings. Pay no attention to the 13 hits, 12 walks, and two blown saves behind the curtain. So then we'll head down to AA Erie, where I picked Derek Hill as the best hitter. And this was actually a tough call because right fielder Jose Azokar hit 371 with five doubles and two triples. But I went with the center fielder, Derek Hill, because he also hit five doubles and two triples, but added three homers and three steals. His batting average was 90 points lower, but give me the power and the speed, and I'll take that, and thank you. The best pitcher, this one was pretty easy. It's Matt Manning. Alex Fajardo has been really strong this year, apart from one rough outing. And, of course, Mize threw that no-no in his debut, but, you know, he was only there for one start. Matt Manning had a rough start the other day, but he was dominant for the entire month. He, even with that rough start, he finished 2-1 and one with a 2-8-3 ERA, just 14 hits and 7 walks in 28 and one-third innings to go with 41 strikeouts. And the stuff is there, the results are there. Uh, the scouting seems to think he's the real deal, and, and he, I'm probably more excited about him than my. So we'll head down to High Lakeland. This is this is probably the least talented of the minor league teams in the Tiger system. And statistically speaking, this wasn't a hard choice at all. Basically, no one in Lakeland is hitting except for super utility man Brady Polcelli, who batted 318 with seven doubles, three triples, and two homers. And he also stole three bases. And you'll see him play right field and second base and catcher and all that stuff. The pitching award goes to Casey Mize. This was super easy as well. He went 2-0 with a 0.35 ERA, just seven hits and one walk, with 25 strikeouts and 26 innings. And this was all before he went to double-A and threw a no-hitter, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, he's just a really advanced arm. He was way too good for that league. Some of the best numbers you'll ever see. And I do uh, want to give a special mention to lefty starter Tarek Skubal, who posted a solid 3.09 ERA with 31 strikeouts and, and 23 innings. If not for Mize, he would probably be the, the one winning. So then we'll head down to low-A West Michigan. And the best hitter there is probably Nick Ames. Through the first uh, month of the year, he's a 22-year-old first baseman the Tigers took in the 15th round out of UNLV last year. He hit 357 in April with six doubles, a homer, 10 walks, and a steal. He's not really a prospect, per se. He's just kind of a good college bat who can go in there and take advantage of some low-level pitching. But he's performed well, so we'll give him credit. And that's sort of the same deal with Garrett Hill, the right-handed pitcher. The starter uh, the Tigers took 
in the 26th round last year out of San Diego State. He's an undersized guy with underwhelming stuff, you know, a fringe average fastball, but he has a solid changeup, and he threw 19 scoreless innings and struck out 24, so that was pretty good, I'd say. So congratulations to all these players with their, their awards from me that don't mean anything. But, yeah, so we'll finish up real quick with a couple of quick questions from Perry. And the first one, he said, what percentage of plate appearances ended in one of the three true outcomes? And then what is the percentage of each of those three true outcomes in plate appearances that result in one of them? So the three true outcomes, for those of you who don't know, are home runs, walks, and strikeouts. Basically, the ball is not in play. And Major League Baseball is is kind of upset about this because that's the way that baseball is heading, and it means fewer balls in play, which they consider to be less fun for fans. And actually, it's at its highest level ever. This year so far, 35.9% of all plate appearances end in a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. And within those outcomes, about 65.5% of them are strikeouts, 25.5% are walks, and 9.5% are homers. And I don't know if that math works out. I don't think it does, but that's the numbers that I got. So hopefully that answers your question, Perry. If not, just text me, whatever. Uh, And finally, he asks, if a team fielded an entire roster of zero war players, zero wins above replacement players for an entire season, how many games would they be expected to win? And the answer to this is generally uh, accepted to be about 45 to 48 wins. So yes, the, the... 2003 Tigers were worse than a replacement level team. And there's actually kind of a, a, a nerdy, fun mathematical check. You can do this if you care. Uh, over at the website Fangraphs, they have these tables that show you the total wins above replacement amassed by a team's position players. And then another table for their, their pitchers for every year, going back to 1900 or whatever. So you can actually add those two figures together, those two war numbers, and then add that total to 48. And you should end up very close to the team's actual win total for the season. Now, there's some outliers because a really good or really bad bullpen can screw things up, and sometimes luck plays a huge factor, but this generally works. And so, for example, if you take last year's Tigers team, as a team, they produced seven and a half war on offense, which, by the way, is less than like Mookie Betts, but whatever. We knew they weren't very good. And then uh, their pitchers produced about 9.4 war. So you add the 7.5 to the 9.4, and you get roughly 17 wins above replacement from the Tigers last year. You add that to the baseline of 45 to 48 wins for just a replacement-level team, and you get between 62 and 65 wins. And sure enough, the Tigers won 64 games last year. The system works. So, Perry, thanks for the questions, and thanks to everybody for listening. I appreciate it. That's today's Locked on Tigers podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it, and if you would like to comment, feel free to send me a message at chrisbrown0914 on Twitter or at Locked on Tigers at Twitter or an email at LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And, yeah, always glad to hear from you. And go ahead and check out any of the other fine Locked on podcasts like Locked on Lions and Locked on Pistons. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have another podcast called Tigers SRD, so go ahead and check that out if you want a little more in-depth coverage of the minor leagues. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the KC series. Everybody have a good one.